Welcome to Africa, Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. Zimbabwean writers have been producing some amazing work in 2018, tackling even the most difficult of themes, such as the case in The Gold Diggers, a heart-wrenching novel written by Sue Niathi. Niathi, born and raised in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, tells the tales of six Zimbabweans who begin their travel together, but who all end up in very different places. We had the opportunity to speak to Sue Niathi, author of The Gold Diggers, and she tells us what the book is about in her own words. It really is a book about, you know, a journey of Zimbabweans who cross the border illegally into South Africa. And they're really running away from the economic problems in Zimbabwe and trying to strike it rich in Johannesburg, hence the title, The Gold Diggers. I mean, Johannesburg has, you know, the first settlers in Johannesburg came for gold. It's always been synonymous with getting rich. So I thought it would be an apt title, you know, for the same people coming, even though it's years, much years later. But it's still the same concept of trying to strike it rich, running away from poverty, strife, and other problems, and coming to a new city. One word that could really sum up the story is dark. I mean, you give a great overview of the evils that lurk for Zimbabwean migrants to South Africa. The thing is, we have two types of movements. You have the normal expatriate movement where someone gets a work permit and they come in through the normal channels. But when they, people come in legally, there's so many dangers that they face. And, you know, I wanted to highlight this as well in terms of the desperation that propels people to come into a country and using this kind of method. Looking at the news, we know about things that have happened, unfortunately, to migrants, especially to Zimbabweans. Is this a cautionary tale or you're Zimbabwean? Yes, yes I'm Zimbabwean. Would you say this is a cautionary tale for Zimbabweans or is this something that, that you just wanted to get their stories out there? I just wanted to get those stories out there. I don't see it as a, a cautionary, but I'm just trying to say to people, you know, life yeah, isn't as rosy as it looks. Most people in Zimbabwe always think coming across the border. You're going to have this glitzy, glamorous kind of life, and it's not always like that. It's really trying to paint, you know, what the reality is for a lot of people. For some people, yes, the life is glitzy and glamorous, but it's not, it's not like that for all the people. One of the, the most interesting and maybe I would say happier characters is Dumisani. I mean, he's like a, the bionic man. He's constantly faced with hardship in Zimbabwe and in South Africa while he's in South Africa, and he keeps coming back. I mean, he's one of your richest characters, and, and he, and he well, we won't say what happens at the end, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> but, but he is quite rich in many aspects, uh, especially how his character blossoms. Yeah, and he's resilient. And I think he also represents a path that many have, have walked. They fall and they bounce back, and they eventually do make it. There is light at the end of the rainbow, so to speak. You are Zimbabwean. You work in South Africa. You live in South Africa. I mean, have you met uh, the Porsches and the Lindanis and the Chennais who are in this story? Because uh, we won't reveal, because it's quite uh, an interesting three different three different stories, but these characters are so real and so tragic. I mean, have, have you met these people? Look, I've only met them in my head. What I did when I was creating these characters, I thought of the different stories about the, you know, the different journeys that people take. And for example, Portia represents many of the women who are left behind by their men who come to work here. And this story has been going on. You know, even my own paternal grandfather was a mine worker in Johannesburg. And my grandmother lived in Zimbabwe. And you would see my grandmother, you know, once a year even. So... It's a story I feel is important because it, it keeps repeating itself over the generations. You see 
married couples being split, one living here and one living in another country, the split family. So I felt it was an important story, and so I used Portia to tell that story. So with, with each of my characters, they're telling a, a, you know, a distinct kind of story. Dumisani also tells the story of many men who come here, and they meet other women, and they abandon their wives. Okay, that happens a lot as well. And maybe it's not deliberate. You know, separation does that. You know, you end up being drawn to someone you, you live with and you commiserate with on a daily basis. So those characters were really picked to the kind of the different struggles that immigrants have. And Lindani, who is who originally is with the driver who drives everyone across the border, I mean, she sells her body and her soul. I mean, there's a lot of transactional sex in in her in her story. It's a common story. A lot of women sell themselves just to survive. So from the time they leave Zimbabwe, they may even sell themselves to pay for the passage across. They sell themselves to get accommodation. So transactional sex, you know, is a very a strong theme because. It, it, it's something that happens every day. We see it all the time. Women use their bodies just to survive. It's, it's a survival mechanism for them. And so we are talking about the adults in your book. Um, you also have a young girl who makes an appearance at the beginning of the book. She's in this van with everybody else, Guglethu. And then there's also a brother and sister, Chennai and... and Chamnora, yes. Yes. They're children. I mean, they're they're teenagers, the brother and sister, not as mm-hmm. young as Guglethu, but still quite young. And they're coming over by themselves. So let me start with Guglethu's story. Children traveling on their own has also been happening. You try to smuggle the children through because they don't have the paperwork. And I think a few years ago, the Home Affairs Department in South Africa introduced legislation to say if the kids are traveling unaccompanied by their parents, or even with their parents, they need to produce an unabridged birth certificate. Because I think they realized that it was now becoming a prevalent problem. You know, there's so much child trafficking. And they introduced this, you know, measure, which people thought was stringent, but I actually understood where they were coming from because kids were disappearing. Sometimes kids were sent over and never arrived at their destination. So Buguletu is used to tell that story as well of those children who never reached their intended destination. So it's also an important story to tell. Oh, definitely. And yeah. the, and, and the brother and, and sister. I mean, they they've had a they had a horrible childhood in Zimbabwe, and 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 it it doesn't get any better for them either. And yeah. and they and they both have their own separate stories. Chennai starts as a maid, like her mother, who they go to meet. And I think for a lot of people who come here into South Africa, domestic work is probably the easiest entry point to earn a living. And there is exploitation as well in that in that kind of job. So it's not like to say every employee exploits. There are some good employers as well. But there is also exploitation. You know, that's why you see a lot of domestic... I look at that as well because a lot of, you know, women from Zimbabwe become domestic workers. It doesn't matter what their qualifications are, but it becomes an easy avenue to earn money. Do you and do you think that a lot of these migrants, like the ones you featured in your novel, the gold diggers, do you think that some of them will go back? I think so. I mean, I think for a lot of people, there is always a yearning to return, but as it stands, there's nothing to return to. But should the economy be revived and you know these jobs, most people would happily return home. And now here's Suniathi, author of the Gold Diggers, reading an excerpt from her novel. Shona people could dominate elsewhere, but not in his car. This was his car, his livelihood. He made a living from carrying goods and people back and forth from South Africa. He was a transporter, Umalaicha. He reached forward and turned on the radio. The voices of Sri Nomtegala filled the car as they crooned, Wang Si Zubaba. 
The song always calmed him ahead of a long journey. They had a long passage ahead of them, more than 300 kilometers before they reached the Bitebridge border. You would think after driving all these years, the journey would be easier, but it was not. The roads did not provide the smoothest passage. His car tires had to be changed at least twice a year because of the deterioration. He snorted again. To add to his irritation, the Shana couple were screaming above the loud music. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening to Africa Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. What are you reading? Let us know. Write to us at storiesinthe55 at rfi.fr. That's storiesinthe55 with 55 as numbers at rfi.fr. Goodbye. Goodbye.